everyone you're listening to reality by rena today my guest is the author of the book called of knights and knaves the renaissance and world philosophy through the lens of tarot so without much further ado let's welcome rishika chopra hello rishika how are you i'm really good thank you i'm really happy to be here <laughs> and we are happy that you joined in so we'll begin this session this would be an impromptu conversation because we haven't really decided what we'll talk about but um my very first question would be uh, what do you do like how old are you and uh, how did you become an author um i'm actually 17 um but when i wrote of knights and knaves i was 16 and um i think the main reason that's contributed to me writing of knights and knaves was the fact that i was really passionate about the tarot and a very big misconception that goes amongst the crowd is that tarot is something that's only used for divination that you know it's kind of like a pack of cards and you see an astrologer at the mall and he's just going to tell you your future and i think that there's a lot more to tarot cards than what we've made it seem like for example the tarot cards every single card has this sort of history and symbolism embedded in it that once you look at the card you can like just tell that it's like it has just such a legacy and even when once you hold like a card you can feel like a lot of energy coming into you i feel like there's much more to it than we make it seem so that's why i think the main reason behind writing of knights and knaves was because i was so passionate about the tarot and are you a tarot card reader as well Uh yeah I read um tarot cards and I can read birth charts as well I actually um do it so if anyone wants a reading they can drop me a dm on instagram I'll be the first one to <laughs> <laughs> definitely for you anything yeah <laughs> All right so um in this book uh, if i'm not wrong you tried to connect the renaissance period with tarot cards right. right. that was that is um like quite two different poles of magnet it, it was it was a task it was like a really uh, meticulous task if i may say so myself because um it's it's sort of like um if i may give an example so the tarot is divided into two major like um arcanas so it would be like um how you organize the tarot deck so it's the major arcana and it's the minor arcana so um i don't specialize in the minor arcana so i don't know much about it but like i can tell you basic elements but i've read a lot about the major arcana because i thought that you know it's better to learn and master sort of one part of the tarot first before you move on to the next and i think that next time i'm going to start um you know really learning about the um minor arcana and um the quirks of it but right now from what i've learned about the major arcana it's actually really really linked to the renaissance because even though the tarot cards didn't sort of originate in the renaissance they originated in milan italy and you know the origins are really unknown because it originated as a deck of playing cards so it's kind of like you know what we play at diwali when we're gambling and stuff like that 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 was what tarot cards were intended to be but um once we sort of see it in progression like after the i think 15th century past um then 16th century and then slowly in the 17th century we see like a change because um 
the tarot cards started being much more recruited and um the first tarot card deck like the one which is supposed to be like very popular amongst tarot readers is called the rider weight and in that you see this sort of imagery which is from the renaissance because he's um incorporated all these images like pamela smith who's the illustrator she's used all renaissance images in them so um for example the first card which is the fool it actually looks like a court jester which were used like not really used but they were like people during the renaissance time. that used to be like advisors to the king and sort of like a very fun figure so a lot of the imagery is from the renaissance okay all right that is quite interesting and how did you study about the renaissance period like did um, you well, at the renaissance sorry uh, did you do it on your own like the whole research or book the research of the entire book i did do on my own i um read quite a uh, i read quite a lot Sorry, I read a lot of other books that talked about the tarot. So, but they weren't really necessarily Renaissance. So, a lot of them. Um, the thing about it is, the thing about it is that um, when I started writing out of Knights and Is, I wanted it to be, um, you know, like just from the roots, like from scratch. So, um, I wanted like none of the information to be plagiarized, or you know, not only because that could get me into trouble, but I also felt like you know that the tarot sort of deserves to um, have some sort of account. of its history and you know if you really look at it there's almost nothing on the tarot in like sources like you have to draw a lot of interpretations yourself but um sort of if you find a good historical source like when i started writing the book i actually wanted to focus on ancient egypt and once you start looking at ancient egypt you realize that uh, firstly a you know nothing about the language and this would like take you 10 years to write because i didn't know anything about egypt but from what i studied about the renaissance when i was in class 11 i had history and um i found it so interesting and when i started um studying and writing about the renaissance again i had to like full on research about almost every single aspect of it so you know what um different roles there were in the renaissance what a king used to do and what a hermit used to do it's you know once you get into it you like really get into it i wrote eight chapters more of of nights in this but um i didn't get to publish that because the publisher said that the book would be so long and i was like okay sorry and uh, if i'm not wrong you have another book as well the second book uh, i don't <laughs> 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 but but thank you for attributing another book to me i feel very accomplished now <laughs> no uh, we would want that second book as well <laughs> that's so sweet of you so uh, like does it uh, take something to be a tarot card reader or anyone could choose this as a profession or as for passion that's actually a really interesting question because i i've been thinking about it so much over the past one week that you know what really makes a tarot reader and i feel like um i feel like see like if it was easy then anyone would do it right because it's like if it was that easy then almost everyone in the world would get into it because like who doesn't want to know the future but um i feel like the main thing that a tarot card reader has to have amongst themselves is like a set, really strong sense of intuition and i think people usually see the intuition as this sort of like unaltered thing that you know um that the intuition is something that's always right and you know you should 1000% follow it and everything that you know your gut feeling is almost always right and i sort of disagree with it in a way because i feel like your gut feeling is something that's 
influenced so much by external factors so the intuition isn't something that's completely unaltered or that's completely pure but it's influenced so much by external factors and i feel like to be a tarot reader you have to have that sense of intuition because when you're looking at those deck of cards which are placed like Uh, you can't see them once you're picking out the card so when you're picking out the card you have to have such a strong sense of intuition to know which card and you have to have a very strong sense of interpretation you have to be able to pick up on the small symbols and most importantly i feel like you have to have very high emotional intelligence and to be able to deal with the person because i think if for example if you do a reading for me and if someone else does a reading for me like let's say xyz so xyz might have a lot may ask the same question as you but their perception on it and their energy and everything else they have gone through in their entire lives would be very different and i've noticed this is something that's really interesting that i've noticed that a lot of tarot readers tend to be empaths which means that they can sort of imbibe other people's emotions so this is why i've sort of refrained from reading the tarot for i i was introduced to the tarot when i was 6 and um i refrained from reading the tarot for a lot of years because it used to affect me very deeply when other people used to come to me and talk to me because you sort of take in that person's energy and you start giving away a lot of your energy so especially like i cannot do like three readings in a day i always keep like one reading for one day and then i do like a three day break because it's actually very energy sapping if you think about it because it's like once you do a reading you understand that exactly how much it takes out of you because you know you may have a very strong sense of intuition but to create the balance you also would be like someone who has like a lot of um empathy and can like you know like read other people's feelings and once you do that you end up feeling very drained so there's like always a negative side to it well that is a news to me i mean i've never heard about that as well i uh, somehow knew that uh, it requires a lot like some special powers inside you like you need a strong intuition uh, to become a tarot card reader i myself experienced one uh, reading like um i was you got a reading done wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, like there was someone in book fair and uh, uh you guys like yeah ha- we have to choose one card right any card yeah um i usually uh, emphasize on people picking up three cards so like one for the past present and future so you can get to know the problem better Yeah so uh, what she did was uh, like she um, I wanted to know what uh, I wanted like what I wanted to become uh, so I asked her what would I become and um, she gave me options like uh, what are your interests so I chose lawyer I chose politician I chose a blogger and then um, in the same year I started my blog I published my book and I'm podcasting right now so damn <laughs> exactly that was like very mind blowing and i started believing in tarot card reading from that moment when yeah I- because tarot cards i feel like if a person is pure they can really sense your energy and to a very large extent like they can like you almost feel it like becoming a part of you after like a point of time because like i sort of see these characters in my dreams also now so it's like it's like a very um big part of me now and uh, i'm really curious about that card reading i'm going to ask a lot of questions right now you know no, no i'm all here for all of the questions don't worry about that yeah. so i wear this bracelet like is it your uh, evil eye bracelet as well So is that somehow related to tarot card reading as well? Yeah. 
Is it? Um, um, it's not actually um, related to tarot card reading, but I feel a lot of symbols in the tarot cards, they sort of um, show um, the presence of an evil eye. So, um, for example, I can show you my deck actually, um, uh, if I ever find it, because my room is so messy. Um, but um, it's sort of, oh, I found it. Okay, wow, that's dead letter day. I said we are in luck now. Yeah, we are in luck. <laughs> Wait, one second. So I'll just open it up. Yes. So my entire sort of, um, this is the full deck. It's actually 372 cards, but uh, the major arcana has 22 cards in itself. So um, a lot of the cards, if you see, they actually talk about the presence of an evil eye or the sort of presence of the importance of spirituality when battling away enemies. So for example, this card, the Hierophant, he's supposed to be referred to as the Pope. So um, he's sort of like a spiritual guru. So like each of these cards, um, so um, has like this deeper underlying meaning to it, which is something which I find really interesting. But um, there's just sort of one specific card, which I am looking for, which, um, yeah, found it. Um, so the Devil. He's supposed to sort of represent the evil eye in the tarot. So you can see on top of his head, there's sort of like a pentacle shaped figure, which is one of the five um, elements of the minor arcana. So on top of his head, you see like the pentacle. So that's supposed to be like sort of like um, to prevent people from the evil eye, to prevent them from seeing it. Because, um, you know, in the tarot, the devil is actually not a negative source. Like um, we always like villainize the devil and everything, but over here he's actually not really a negative source, and it could mean a like a very vast um number of meanings in like if you look at it in a reading, it could mean like thousands of things because if you pick out the devil or you know that's why I really really dislike showing. I always tell people to pick out three cards. So when they pick out three cards, I never flip the card right there because if they see the devil they start panicking or if they see death they start panicking and I'm like it does not mean something bad you just have to finish all three of them and it actually affects their reading so I always keep them face down until they've picked out all three cards <laughs> like this Sochcast tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store do you uh, read cards online as well online session. yeah i do i read them online i do offline and yeah both of them and i do them actually um on text also but i don't recommend that um it's kind of like um a bit impersonal and tarot is something that's really personal so yeah okay okay all right my next question related to tarot card reading is that uh have you like did you ever had an um intuition which was uh completely accurate I think it's happened like quite some times like um at okay like if you really really concentrate um like you know you um it's it, I had this incident with uh, one of my best friends I was reading um tarot cards for her and um she asked me this is a very common question you would not believe how many people ask me this she asked me um to describe the sort of person she would marry and I'm like I can't answer that I don't know that and um, I was like I can search for so there's something in the tarot which is called the twin flame reading which I didn't get into until last last year because it takes a lot out of me like 10 times more than the normal would because it's like very 
um i i strongly believe that all types of like you know love even platonic romantic take a lot of out of you like because they're so strong in nature so when i was doing that reading for her i sort of did the twin flame reading and the soulmate reading for her and when i was reading that um i did two readings simultaneously because i really got into it and she was also so excited and um you know my nose suddenly started bleeding and i got so scared and um i had to call up my mom and dad and i got so scared and they were like really mad at me they were like tsika why would you do this i and they were like i told you not to do like um overexert yourself and everything they were really valid and everything and um i think that's and um you know the thing is that um and that night when i went to sleep i started seeing like these um like um you know the sort of person i described for her like i'm not going to like mention because like you know the readings are confidential but um the sort of person i described for her like you know with the um his character and his personality traits and his um you know astrological birth chart placements like if he has like a heavy gemini placement i started seeing all of those things in my dreams that night and that's because the thing was so strong like because i did um i that was my first twin flame reading actually and i didn't do one after that because i was really scared so um but um i think that's at one point of time where my intuition was really strong and i guess we're just going to have to wait over the years to see if she meets the sort of person and if she does i guess i'll be very famous <laughs> you would be there's not after that <laughs> <laughs> that's so sweet of you Yeah, given that you are so young, you're just seventeen, as old as me. I know nothing about Tara, and you know everything. <laughs> But you know so much more. You do podcasting, you do vlogs, you do so much. <laughs> I just get bored. <laughs> so anyway, my um, next question is like, um, is it like it's related to love? So, do you believe in soulmates? Does Tara say something about? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> silly question i know no no it's not a silly question i think it's a really cute question um uh you know i see a lot of posts and a lot of um sort of you know one of those tumblr posts like letters for soulmates and everything and um you know in that a lot of people are actually rejecting the idea of soulmates and the fact that you know that you know there's someone that comes predestined for you and that you know there a lot of people people believe that you know you make it work with the person that you know you work at the relationship every day and i strongly believe in that like i think that you have to work at a relationship and you have to constantly put in the effort but having said that i definitely do believe in the concepts a concept of soulmates because i find it really um that makes you <laughs> that made me smile because you thought i was going towards the side that i don't believe yeah. it <laughs> no but i definitely do believe in soulmates because i feel like um you know having such a strong sense of intuition and um everything i believe that um you know that when people get married they say na that saat janmo ka saath ho like that sort of seven lifetime thing that humans live seven lifetimes so um i believe that you know that there's not one person meant for you in each lifetime i feel like those people just constantly find each other in every lifetime and i think that's such a great notion because almost all religions actually agree upon this fact and um i think that upon all of these lifetimes if you have and you recognize each other like have you ever met a person and you're like oh my god i feel like i've known them forever like um that's because you probably have known them forever <laughs> and you know people are just i 
I strongly really hate the modern age because people are just so skeptical of everything. Like if you could just open your eyes up and just believe for five minutes on something, like it's just going to make you happier. Because if you just feel like you've known a person forever, you probably have known them forever. Like you probably had some past karmic lifetime and some things you probably did with them. And I think all of us have like this sort of notion about a person who we would be with. And ultimately, I think that is where the idea of soulmates comes from. So I definitely do believe in soulmates. <laughs> okay. I I don't know if I believe or not. I'm I'm skeptical. <laughs> I don't know. I know, but I think um I think you have to like sort of like really feel it too. Um and I'm not saying I've really felt it. I'm only 17. But you know, I really like to believe that there's some sort of magic to it. So <laughs> um, so Rusaka, what is your favorite tarot card? Um, I think my favorite tar- tarot card is definitely the hermit and um, you know, I have a lot of reasons for this. Like, I have personal stories like attached to it as well, and um, I think um, it's because um, it's the one tarot card which actually just you know it just resonates with you. Like, you just feel like such a strong sense of attachment to it. And um, the hermit sort of represented in the Renaissance itself. It represented these people that um, you know the Renaissance was the age where there was like a lot of questions around skepticism and there was a lot of cynicism. Uh, sorry, cynicism around um, like whether religion was what we said it was, or that you know whether the afterlife afterlife actually existed, and. Um, you know, why should we do everything in our entire life for our afterlife? Why shouldn't we do something for ourselves? Uh, for ourselves? And this was when the idol of individuality started coming in, like in the Renaissance, where people started believing that we are individual beings and we're responsible for ourselves. And the hermit actually perpetuates the entire ideology of the Renaissance and the entire ideology of the tarot in one card, because according to me, like a lot of people may have different opinions so um it sort of holds like a lamp in front of it and it's like spiritual guidance and it's also alone because a lot of people during the renaissance they started like going to abbeys and monasteries alone and they started living these lonesome lives and i think that it's so interesting because this is like the one card that doesn't really need anyone and it just has all of this knowledge inside it and just you know it's it's just so wise. And once you look at the card, you actually feel like you're looking at some higher level or some higher spirit. And I think if anyone actually pulls out that card in a reading, I like instantly want to be best friends with them <laughs> because like that's that sort of energy they have. It's, it just takes a lot to pull out the hermit. And um, I, and um, definitely, I think that we have a lot to learn from him as well because like we live in such an interdependent social age where almost everything is reliant on social media but the hermit is not scared to quit all of that and he's not scared to go on his own journey and look for his answers even though he's like this very old man and he's like you know guiding you into spirituality and I think that's like one of the most interesting cards like not even one of them like it is the most interesting card that the tarot could like ever invent so definitely the hermit right um, like uh, there would be some people who, who don't believe in tarot card reading and uh, I've met those people when we talk about and discuss about this stuff because uh, sometimes we are really curious to know about our future and there are people who argue that uh, uh, this is like if you're pulling out a card that's just a matter of guess or luck so how can someone be so sure about future? So do you have any comments on that as a tarot card reader? 
I think um, the tarot cards, um, like for sure, like I think a lot of people, they um, are valid in their reasoning. They believe that tarot cards do not tell the future. And um, I don't know whether they do tell the future or not, because um, I'm not entirely sure about that. But I think even aside from that, even if you place that whole question of, you know, whether the tarot cards can tell the future or not aside, the tarot cards have so much to contribute to the world. Because if you actually look at it, like the tarot cards in progression, the 22 cards of the major arcana, it's actually the most daunting account of human history to ever be produced. Because have you ever seen an amalgamation of ancient Egypt, Greece, mythology, Renaissance, and almost every other historical period, even the East, even Indian elements, literally, have you ever seen all of them in 22 cards? It's humanly impossible. And even, um, and coming back to the divination question, I think, um, I think there are a lot of things in the entire world that can sense your energy, like the concept of manifestation and the law of attraction that, you know, um, I don't believe that, you know, if you write your name, like uh, write someone's name 42 times, on a piece of paper and bury it beneath the earth, um, like they're going to fall in love with you. But, um, you know, I don't oh, question the practice. That's actually a thing. They, um, I, I read um, somewhere like on, on this witchcraft thing, um, like, you know, a lot of people practice witchcraft and um, someone was telling me that um, you should write someone's name three times on a piece of paper, spray your perfume on it and go to sleep. Um, they will fall in love with you. And I'm just like, that actually does not make any sense. But, you know, I never said it to the person because I'm like, um, you know, it takes a lot of courage to have unwavering faith in something and to place so much of belief in this one thing. I don't want to take that away from that person because it's maybe it's that one thing which helps them get through the world better. And I would never want to be able to take something so special to them away from that. And not even that, I feel like the tarot cards, they actually do have the power to sense your energy because even if they can't tell the future, they can guide you through it, right? Like, um, even for example, um, and my favorite thing to do with non-believers of the tarot is I actually open up my deck and I'm like, okay, so why don't you pick a card? So I tell them to close their eyes and I tell them, put your hand above the cards. And if you, once you feel a strong sensation towards the, uh, towards one card, you pick it out. And once they've picked out the three cards, I actually, um, tell them, you know, um, I know you don't believe in tarot and everything, but how did you feel the strong sensation towards the card? If you believe that there's no energy in these cards, <laughs> like it's one of my favorite things to do and um also i think um tarot card reading in itself it's made to guide a person throughout the life because the tarot is really like full-on related to like human experience like almost every single card can guide you through each step of your life that's right that's right so um my next question would be um is there some sort of similarity between tarot card and uh, life experiences? Um, definitely, like um, not um, so the tarot. I think um, one of the most important things, like you know, you always see these people on YouTube talking about, like you know, I died for two minutes and then what I saw. So the tarot actually believes the uh, card number thirteen in tarot is, in the major arcana is known as death, and um, you know, you sort of a lot of people expect that after thirteen cards, the tarot would stop. Like after that, there would be no more tarot cards, but it actually goes on. And the most important cards come after death. 
which shows that the most important part of human experience, like it sort of puts out that it, it sort of crushes that Renaissance ideology in the middle also, which I found really interesting because, you know, as a card, um, as a deck of cards, that's adapted so much of the Renaissance, they sort of crushed that ideology by saying, you know, the afterlife is pretty important as well. So, um, they actually believe in death. And then after that, there are like the cards in itself. They progress and they show the evolution of human life after death. And, you know, death could be symbolic also. It could be like, you know, um, you know, you die like in the middle, like you like shed off like the person you used to be and you become like this new evolved person. That could also be that. But, um, you know, in two ways. So um, in the tarot card, actually the Empress, which is um, a very famous tarot card, especially amongst women, because, you know, it's a very feminine, very gorgeous card. And um, I actually believe that the Empress has a lot to teach us because she's like this very feminine, very gorgeous woman who's sitting in this field with like these cherries surrounding her. And it's just very beautiful, beautiful drawing. And um, I think the most important thing that she has to teach us is that femininity is not weakness because a lot of people believe that, you know, being excessively feminine is like you know weak in some way and that these girls are not like up to the mark and they're not smart enough but the empress is one of the most powerful cards in the tarot and it's also one of the most feminine cards in the tarot so i think that's one of the most interesting cards and she's pregnant actually so it sort of symbolizes human experience in that then there's the card which is the lovers which people get very excited when they pull out so um it's sort of like um it shows the stages of like falling in love. It actually shows um, Adam and Eve and, you know, a lot of other things which happen throughout. Um, and uh, some people say it actually has like, you know, elements of the Mahabharata in it because the previous version, it actually symbolized much, like five men and one woman. So um, that's pretty interesting. So that's what I said, that it incorporates all elements. And um Human experience in the way card number one, which is my second favorite card, like definitely it's called the fool, actually card number zero. So we have a card number zero in the tarot. It's called the fool. And um, he's sort of symbolizes the start of human experience where you're standing like dangling on the edge of a cliff. And, you know, he just sort of, um, you know that the fool is going to fall like because you're standing on the edge of the cliff. And once he does fall down, he ultimately does become the magician. Like there's this beautiful, like um, what do you say? Sense of harmony between them because the fool, when he's, at the edge of the cliff, there's like the same scenery picture. You can see the forest and everything. And the card magician has the same forest. So you can only imagine that the fool fell down and he became the magician because he had the power to take that leap. So it sort of shows like a baby taking its first steps and then growing up and um, going through all of these stages in their life. Um, a lot of people also believe that the high priestess, um, sort of the second card in the tarot, which is, um, the Pope's wife, the Hierophant, which I showed you, is um, the High Priestess is supposed to be his wife. and But a lot of people believe that she's actually not his wife because um, she's supposed to be this... Um, uh, she's um, it's, it's the card which sort of symbolizes elements of Judaism. So almost all Jewish people, they have um, a lot of affinity to this card, which I find it really interesting because... Um, um, you know, if you do a reading, like I've, I've seen these like um, blogs written down by tarot readers who did a reading on um, like, you know, this Jewish couple and um, both of them were doing it um, alag alag. So um, they put up the cards face down and both of them picked up the high priestess. They had this affinity towards a card, which like, that's why I believe the tarot cards are so, so powerful. And, you know, this untapped potential which they have is like just so 
immense and you know as um as like a generation of people who is who are always like gravitating towards science and you know always into like you know the concepts of technology and everything i think we could really do like a lot of good by actually going back in time and seeing all of these wonderful things that have been created over the ages that probably have much more potential than we could ever imagine i feel like the tarot is also put down a little bit because it's like it has like this element of humanities in it but it's actually i think it's much more complicated than i've ever like seen because even one card has so many symbols like i remember when i was reading the fool and um there was like this sort of um um you had to read his um what do you say he had like a cap on and um you know there were like these birds and there was like this dog and you know um when you were reading the bird, uh, like the symbol of the eagle i had to read about the egyptian god and what he had um you know his rivalries and everything and even achilles who is um the i think greek god of anger he uh, sort of not anger war actually so when i was reading his card which actually correlates with the emperor i had to read his entire history and link it to the emperor then i had to link the emperor to a dictator machiavelli in italy then i actually linked the emperor to the leaders of today so um you know there are just so many possible links that i i don't think of knights and knaves maybe it covers like i don't know like 70% of what all of the symbolism in the tarot is but no one could ever humanly write down all of like the symbolism because it's like almost impossible to find like even this singular card if you um see it wait i'll pick out the magician actually that's a bit easier to explain even this singular card if you see it uh, the infinity sign which he has on top of his head it means like thousands of different things you look at it in judaism you look at it in christianity you look at it in like 5000 different things and even the four elements which he has on his table are actually the four elements of the um minor arcana so it has it's drawing on itself as well so you're just like god because by the time you reach the fourth card you're just so tired of analyzing the symbols and um like this is um the fool right so um as i said his bag right here it has the symbol of um an eagle so once you're looking at um you know looking at what he has um they offer you actually get so tired because there's like so many interpretations of it and he's holding a white rose so white rose symbolizes peace in some other cultures it symbolizes death in some and you're just like god because you have to draw all of these interpretations and sort of condense it down to like one um sort of narrative and that's a very tiring job <laughs> it is um i believe it is like this sochcast Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. So, like, do you have to analyze it on your own? Isn't it some uh, like fixed criteria that this card represents this sort of thing? Or uh, no, there's definitely a fixed criteria. Like all cards, like the Fool, he represents, um, you know, um. in a sense he represents um taking the lead taking like you know um the sort of step the final step it also symbolizes the recklessness it symbolizes a lot of things and this is always going to be fixed but um the questions which people asked will never be fixed because it's like um you know you're always going to run out of them like if you ask um you know for example um what would i grow up to be then someone else would ask um i 
um, will I have like, you know, a kink in my career or, you know, what will be the major turning point of my career? So in that, the interpretation completely changes because if I say, if I starting, started reading out words like, oh, um, you know, uh, you'll be reckless, you'll be this in your career and that, the person would ask for their money back. They would be like, you don't know anything. So when you look at the cards, you have to like interpret it on like such an extremely personal level because it's almost like you have to attach that card to the person and you have to be like, okay, what are the characteristics that this person and the culture? So I would like to add in my previous answer. I believe that a tarot reader should also have the power of, you know, understanding basic human psychology. Like if not like very advanced, at least basic. Like I think the more a tarot card reader understands psychology and the more emotional intelligence the ability to deal with people and obviously most importantly like you know you cannot skimp on intuition um the better the tarot card reader would be and i believe a lot of people actually treat the tarot cards as entertainment like you know people in like malls and stuff they actually think that you know it's like almost like sort of like a game and like you know it's like a divinatory game that can tell you your future and a lot of tarot card readers do that as well they like you know they kind of make a mockery out of it like not really make a mockery out of it but by the way that they're reading it they actually do make a mockery out of it because there are certain questions you can't ask the tarot you can't ask the tarot like um you know yes or no questions like you can ask like a yes or no spread but i believe that the detail and that would be much lesser so i always encourage uh, like people asking me open-ended questions so i think that you know the lesser you start to treat it as something that's entertaining and the more you start looking at it as something that could genuinely guide you in your life you would actually open yourself up to so much um so um if uh, someone wants to be a tarot card reader like uh can uh how how can we uh build up our ability uh to feel the intuitions or something is it possible or is it god gifted i feel intuition is something um unfortunately i really like to believe that people can you know is build up things and can always work hard and uh, you know achieve a certain thing but i feel like intuition is something that's majorly gifted um it's something that you know can be passed on through generations as we've seen in a lot of you know witchcraft communities in the olden times not today's witchcraft but you know you write someone's name in strip of you that's not I, like i would not want to say anything about that but i think the actual witchcraft which happened ages ago that had spell books and everything um you know not everyone can be a witch and in that way i believe that not everyone can be a tarot reader because it just it, the sense of intuition you have to have and the um like you know um the ability to read people and read their feelings and you know what they feel and to connect it is like like you have to have a lot of um unparalleled um i'm sure intuition would be the word um you have to have a very very great sense of intuition and i believe that a lot of that comes from being gifted but you could build up your intuition by you know um practicing spirituality um and you know crystal healing i think that's a very important part of the tarot as well and um even though i personally don't practice crystal healing that much anymore but um i believe that you know to build up on your intuition it's something that's important but um i believe that intuition has to be something that's almost 95% god gifted because it's sort of um like that's what makes a tarot reader and everything else comes after that like um it's almost like if you have a really good intuition half of your work is done but um you also like if you have that ability to you know connect with people and to 
um, be able to interpret tarot cards, which is very important. I'd say number one would be intuition, obviously. Second would be um, the ability to interpret the cards and to analyze almost every detail of it. And the third would be to be able to connect with the person. So I think if you have all of these three abilities, I think you would be like an extraordinary reader. But to be able to go to that point, it takes years and years of practice. That's right. So thank you so much, Rissika, for joining us. And I hope my audience got to know a lot about tarot card reading. And I would also like to state once again that Rissika uh, offers tarot card reading and you can contact her on her page. Um, it's, what is it? At the rate of... At Rissika Chopra on, Inst- yeah. on Instagram. D-R-S-I-K-A-C-H-O. Right. So yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I had a lot of fun being here today. It's really glad. Uh, I really had fun meeting you and you're such a great person. So, um, and I really liked how interested you were and you have like a very genuine energy surrounding you, I can tell. <laughs> Thank you so much. It means a lot. Coming from a tarot card, it means a lot. <laughs>